Leaders and healers, ladies and gentlemen, gamers and claimers of the world, the universe around, abroad, welcome to the Power, Purpose, and Passion podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Cheem, life coach, speaker, author, trainer, love bug to the entire nation, to the entire world, to every human being on the planet, every sentient being around. Thank you for joining us. This is this show is all about helping you claim your power, clarify your purpose, and cultivate your deepest and widest and most profound passions in the world. So ultimately... You can show up as the best version of yourself, a better version of yourself, so you then can contribute to others and give others permission to be the best version of themselves as humanly possible. I am your host, Anthony Cheem. I am excited for today's episode because we are on step eight of the nine steps to improve your relationships, to enhance your relationships, to expand your world and expand your ability to make an impact on the world around you at work, at home, in your career, money, spiritual, whatever it might be, because relationships is where it's at. In fact, before we get started on, on this on this step eight of nine steps to improve your relationships, I want to share with you something I was telling a client the other day that I think would be very, very uh, in line with what we're talking about here. And I, I said to them, suppose I gave you a phone, the latest phone, the iPhone 10 or Samsung Galaxy S10 and all the data, the fastest streaming service, all the internet, all the games everything you could do you're but the only difference is you were you the only thing is you'd have to sit on an island right now by yourself but you could communicate to all your friends and family from this phone on island you could talk to them you could play games and play Fortnite and all these crazy games online and candy crush and all these games you could skype you could do whatsapp you could do all these things we have all these all this ability to communicate to the world but if i gave that phone to you the only stipulation would be that you could never see them again and be in the presence. How much would that phone be worth to you? Truly. I was, I was with my child, my, my children last night and, and I, 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 I wanted, I, I was contemplating this. I said, wow, you know, my, my, my daughter basically said to me, Anthony, oh, Anthony, daddy, can you snuggle? You know, I'm, I'm thinking of writing a children's book that, <laughs> right. And it, it got me thinking, it says, uh, daddy, can you snuggle? And that'll be the title of the book or daddy snuggle with me. And, I thought to myself, nothing, no amount of money, no amount of fame or fortune could replace that, those precious moments with my child, my daughter, my son, my wife, those precious moments of connection with my clients, the people on this podcast. I wish I could be in front of every single one of you around the globe, sitting in front of you and giving the best of what I've learned so far to impact your life. So let's, let's really steer ahead and make a, a real deep disciplined commitment to spend Quality moment time, not quantity, quality moment time, because our life is not measured by our duration of our life, but the donations in our life. And part of making those donations in our life is putting all of our attention into our relationships and the things that matter the most to us, which is those connections, those deep connections. So I wanted to pre preface this, this, this show with that story, with that metaphor, with that insight, so that you can maybe uh, move on to greater heights of connection, rapport with the people that you love. So thank you so much for joining us. Cam, what's up? Instagram, what's up? Facebook, what's what's up? I'm ready to serve you. I'm so pumped for today. How okay. you doing, man? Awesome. I'm also very, very pumped. Um, I love that example, and I honestly think that me personally, it's not even worth zero dollars. That phone is worth like minus. A million. <laughs> like I would pay a million dollars to not have that phone and to not be in that circumstance. Um, <laughs> you got it. And, well, and there it, you go. It, there it you just go. goes show like you you don't really pay attention to little things like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So I mm -hmm. love that. And it 
obviously gives amazing context to why we're talking about relationships in such depth here so yes seek to understand is step eight i'm excited to hear let's go yes you got it okay so step eight for you instagrammers you can't hear cam talking right now but to you instagrammers uh we are on step eight right now and that is to stephen covey's book seven habits of highly effective people which sold millions and millions across the world back in the 90s and still today is very elemental in a lot of self-help seminars self-realization type sequence uh, seminars. People use it all the time in business. Anyways, the point is we're on step eight. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. But how many people out there go out to try and make the world understand them and make them the center of the universe rather than making other people the center of the universe? It's important. I, t- I begin with a story by Stephen Covey in his book, not uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that really changed my life, really changed the paradigm through which I saw the world around me. And it's a great story about him being on a train, a subway train, or uh, one of those go trains, and he was doing some work, and his father walked in with his three children. And the children were running rampant, making a lot of noise and ruckus and, and, and creating a lot of chaos within the train. And Stephen Covey was, Covey, Covey was getting very annoyed by it. And by doing so, he got to the point of threshold where he said, I can't do this anymore. I've had it. And he actually approached the man and said, excuse me, could you settle your kids down? Uh, you know, I'm trying to get some work done. And would you mind doing that for me? And the guy kind of looked up at him in, in shock and said, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. I didn't even notice. But uh, their, their mother just died, and I don't know how to tell them. And so it's so easy to judge and criticize and condemn someone based on the filter through which you're seeing them on the surface. You go deeper into someone's world, you realize you don't know what's going on. I was was, was driving with someone a couple of years ago and the person in in the passenger seat was actually with me and he saw the, we're at a stoplight and and he saw someone beside us driving, talking on the phone. And the person beside me said, commented, oh, look at that person is going to cause an accident. That person should get a ticket. And he was getting all, he was getting all crazy and getting all like charged by that. And I said to him, would you feel the same way if you knew the person talking on the line was his dying mother? And he kind of looked at me for a second and said, well, that's probably not the case. I said, but you don't know. We don't know. So one of the things that you can do to seek first to understand and to relieve yourself from the stresses of judgment and, critici- and, and criticism of other people's world is ask yourself this profound question. What could be going on in this person's world in order for them to be- feel this way, in order for them to behave this way? What could be going on in this person's mind in order for them to behave this way, in order for them to act angrily or jealous or, or just act with, with, with anger and, 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 and angst and, and, and pressure and, and seemingly you perceive them as treating you as poorly. And you realize, you know, just like the Stephen Covey story, just like the, the example I gave on the person driving the car, what if that person's, you know, was talking to his dying mom and it was the last seconds he was talking to his dying mom. I had the experience a couple, less than two weeks ago with my mom dying in the hospital. And this, I was walking, I was pacing back and forth and I was in hysterics emotionally, physically, mentally. And I, and there was a nurse that approached me. She said, excuse me, you can't be here. And I went, oh, I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't know. Um, my mom is dying in there literally. And I, I'm sorry. I'm just a little bit shocked right now. I just don't know how to control myself. And she kind of looked at me and was like, oh, um, I'm sorry. I, you're just going to have to wait over here. There's a place over here. It's okay. And I can tell you, uh, an hour later, when they revived my mom for the short time they revived her, 
here was the crazy thing. I was in the cafeteria with my sister and my wife. And the woman who said that to me about an hour prior to that, she came up to me. She found me in the cafeteria and she came up to me and said, I am so sorry. I didn't know that. I, I please accept my apology. I'm so sorry that your mom's going through that. I didn't know. And I, I'm sorry. I said, no, you know what? You're, you're just doing your job. She didn't know that about me. So it's very important that we seek first to understand someone's world. In fact, when I, uh, about a week prior to my mom passing on, there was a woman hysterical. She was having an anxiety and panic attack. And people in, in the emergency room were just like, oh, my God, who is this woman? Why is she going crazy? Right. I didn't think that. I'm not better than they are, but I, I feel like I've reached a point where I'm like, I feel more compassion than judgment towards people like that. And I actually felt drawn in to help her rather than judge her. And so she was, she, she popped open a pill to take her anxiety medication and she was freaking out. And I literally went up to her, stepped in, I said, ma'am, it seems to me you're having a personal challenge right now. How may I serve you? How can I help you right now to ease your pain, ease your suffering? And she grabbed my hand. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going through this. They just found something in my chest. And she was freaking out. And I'm, I'm like, and I was holding her hand. I said, complete stranger. And I know when people are acting out that way, there's a principle that says every human behavior is either motivated by love or a need for it. What was she being motivated by? Love or a need for it? Was she suffering? Of course she was suffering. She was in pain. So I, I automatically think, man, I got to help this woman. And that's just who I am. And I stepped in, I, 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 I was sitting with her, talking with her for a good half an hour. I was hugging her and holding her. And I literally, I remember the point in, in, in our conversation of embrace. I remember her saying this, please pray with me. And I said, yes. And I, I closed my eyes, I held her hand I, and I put my face against her cheek. And I said to her, may the peace of God be with you now. May the peace of love be with you now. May the peace of God be with you now. May the peace of love be with you now. And that's, I kept repeating for 10, 15 minutes, just holding her uh, cheek, holding her hands, making sure she was okay until I brought her back into balance, brought her back into harmony. And I started talking about her, her daughter, her family, what her passions were. And I got to know she became a friend. And, and I tell you something, I, after it was all said and done, she was fine. And after she came back to normality, she found me. She said, you were my angel today. You know what? I didn't really need to understand her world in that moment. I, all I knew was she was suffering. So the next time you, you, your friend or your spouse, your husband, wife, brother, sister, boyfriend, girlfriend is acting weird or acting strangely or moody or angry, rather than judgment and say, oh, someone pissed in your cornflakes or someone woke up, someone looks like they woke up on the wrong side of the bed, rather than actually judge them, ask yourself the question, what could be going on in this person's world right now for them to behave that way? Are they being motivated by love or a need for it? And I remember the first time I did that, with my children, they were, you know, my daughter was in a bad mood and I used to judge them like, oh, why are you in such a bad mood? Why you got to take it out on me? I now shift it from why you got to, uh, why you have to take it on me to sweetheart. It seems that you're having a tough time. What can I do? Like, is everything okay? How can I be a, how can I be a friend or a father to you right now? And all of a sudden her energy just dropped and she was like, dad, you know, at school, this is what happened. And she opened up the lines of communication. So please, in this episode, if there's one thing you can learn is shift from judgment and criticism to compassion and curiosity to, to discover the gems that are existing inside a human's mind or human's psyche or human's world for them to behave angrily or hostile toward yeah, that seemingly towards you. So open up your heart, open up your mind to this idea that they're not doing anything to you. They're in a state of emotional duress. Let's face it. 
And it might be something that you triggered, sure, but take full responsibility for it. So let me ask you a question, audience. Let me ask you a question, Cam. If you and I were living together and you woke up in a bad mood, I said, why are you in such a bad mood, dude? Would that make you feel better? Probably not. But if I said to you, look, it looks like I can, I can sense, I can feel that your vibrations are low. You're feeling angry. What can I do to nurture you? What can I do to help you in this moment? Because it seems that you're not being the Cameron, happy-go-lucky person that I know. What do you need from me now? And as I give him that energy, as I open my heart to this person, guess what happens? Their whole guard sh- shuts down. Their whole guard just drops. All walls drop. Everything surrenders to love. You know, I remember Wayne Dyer saying, what's the one thing in the universe that will never know darkness? In the physical world, that is. The sun. Why? Because it's the source of light. So go to your source, the source of love, the source of peace and and compassion. And that is, you know, that could be deep prayer for you or a contemplative prayer or meditation or spending time with animals or in nature or giving to a missionary or doing your work or as a dentist or as a doctor, as a teacher, whatever, whatever your passion is, go there so you can give your gifts fully and and release all your all, the, all this all this pent up aggression with inside it that exists innately in a lot of us that's okay too i'm going through my own personal challenges with my mom and my 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 nana and all this home renovations it was pure chaos but i'm asking for help i'm seeking help that's part of being a mature human being but as i said before rather than judge other people go to seek Get curious, become sort of a sort of like a like a, what do they call it? Uh, Sherlock Holmes or Holmes in, in 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 understanding people's behavior that why they're actually behaving that way. This is so crucial in in when people get into arguments, whether it be intimate relationships or mother father or sister brother or get in arguments. It's just seek first to understand. It takes two people to start an argument, one person to end it. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do is just step back for a second and say, wait a second, what, what's going really going on here? And then as you go deeper and deeper into someone's world, they will reveal to you some of their pain, their suffering, and that will give you the opportunity to serve them, to love them, to help them heal. Because guess what? When two people come together in love, man, it, it, is, an, it is an invincible force. So open your heart, open your mind, open your body to those opportunities. So I... Um... I don't know if you've experienced, I'm sure a lot of people have where at first they don't um, seek to understand. They don't understand someone else's world. So they lash mm-hmm. out or whatever. Yes. Um, yes. Like that lady did at the hospital. She could have easily sort of stuck to her guns. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. do where they know they didn't know, but they're still yes. like, yes. they don't want to admit they were wrong. Yes. Um, and I think that's probably going to be the hardest challenge for a lot of people because they won't get it right away. They're going to assume things. They're going to assume all the time. Yes, yes. But a lot of people don't like admitting, oh, I assumed wrong. I apologize. Yes, and blah, yes. Blah, blah, right? So that, yes. I think, is uh, a tough thing that a lot of people have to yes. take into consideration. Well, yeah. And, and, and for the Instagrammers out there that just – the comments that Cam just made right now is, is being able to admit that what you did was wrong. I think that is, that is one of the components, one of the many components that, of a mature emotional human being is being able to uh, admit your mistakes and admit it quickly that you just made a mistake. I've, I've, I've made a commitment that when I make a mistake, I screw up with my children and my wife. I immediately tell them, you know what, guys? Thank you for calling me out on that. That was daddy's mistake. I'll tell you a great story about that. And I wrote it in my latest book, uh, Love Life, 
uh, let go live free now. And I, I, I was an experience where I was backing out of the garage. We were late for school. I was dropping them off and the back door was open. Uh, my daughter's side. And I heard this bang or right? it was crazy. And it was like, oh, what happened? What was my immediate reaction was like, Oh my gosh, what happened? And then I, I looked behind me and the door behind me was open and it hit the electrical box on our garage. And it like made a huge dent in the electrical box, electrical box, dent my door. And naturally me being human and in a hurry, I was angry. I had little semblance of distance away from the emotion, meaning that there was stimulation and then there's that centeredness and then there's response. Who you are isn't the stimulation, the response. Who you are is the center between the stimulus and response. So I was able to enter into the center and go, okay, I'm angry right now and be aware of my anger. And I was about to lash out on my daughter. And I said, this is a teachable moment for me. This is a great opportunity right now to teach myself and to teach my children. I took a, I got out of the car. I examined the area and I took a deep breath, closed the door and went driving. And my daughter was crying. She felt so bad. And I was furious. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to deny that, but I had an opportunity. I said, and I remember asking myself this question, what would the best father do in this moment? That was a good question I asked myself. And I took a deep breath. I said, sweetheart, you know what? That was daddy's fault. It's not your responsibility to close the door. It should be my responsibility as the adult to make sure you guys are safe and the doors are closed. I was not thinking and I wasn't paying attention. That was dad's fault. I could have easily lashed out on her. For sure I could have. And then I and then I, she and then she stopped crying. And then when she got out, she was still crying. She's like, You're mad at me. You're gonna you're. I said, No, I'm not mad. I'm actually more mad at myself than at you. It's not your fault, sweetheart. It's my responsibility as a look, you're way more important than a car. You're more important than a car. And when she left, she felt so joyful. Man, that was an amazing teachable moment. In fact, I remember there's a uh, YouTube video of a guy named uh, uh, Randy Pausch. He he did a thing called The Last Lecture. I highly recommend my audience to watch it if you have not watched it. He had 11 tumors in his body, and he did this last lecture. He was a professor at Caltech, I believe. Very smart, well-respected professor. Uh, Everybody loved him, and he was brilliant. And he did a thing called The Last Lecture. And one of the most profound things he said in his in his video, in his lax lecture was he remembers his nephew getting into his new car and his, the, his nephew's dad saying, Oh, it's uncle Randy's new car. Don't, don't throw up or spill anything inside. And Randy, this is, he did something so brilliant. He took a Coca-Cola, looked at his nephew and said, poured it on in, in the back of the upholstery and said, it's just the car. Wow. And then I think a couple weeks later, his nephew ended up throwing up in the kid's car and he gave him that teachable moment prior to that saying, it's just a car. People are more important than things. People are more important than things. Just as I said at the beginning of this podcast, if I gave you a cell phone, the most highly technological cell phone on the planet with all the data, all the internet, all the games, all the communication you can do with the world, would that replace that quality moment time with your children, your family, your friends, the people you really care about. What would I give to have five minutes with my mom to speak to her again? I would give absolutely everything, all the money, just to have five minutes with my mom again to to, to actually have a good conversation with her. I mean, I do speak to her and that's my spiritual beliefs, of course, but I would give everything. I would give all the money away just to have five minutes with my father, my best friend who died in a car accident when he was 16 years old. So I've had my share of challenges. I'm not here to compare mine to yours. We all have a story. We all have had personal challenges. But if you want to enhance and expand your life, seek first to understand people where they are. One of the very first principles I learned in my coaching certifications was this, the principle of creating lasting change. The very first principle 
interestingly enough, understand and appreciate their world. Only then, when you when you actually understand and appreciate their world, will you be able to influence them? Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. As soon as they know how much you care, you deeply and genuinely care about them, they will open up to your world. Because you know what? Influencing people is really at its base is just developing that rapport and that relationship. And that's understanding someone's world, appreciating the world, respecting them, honoring them, not judging them and loving them where they are. And that only and you don't have to be a coach to know that the best influencers of the influencers in the world, the best leaders in the world understand and appreciate their world. And I, I'll, end, I'll end with a great story of two former, I think, prime ministers back, Benjamin Disraeli and uh, I forget the other guy's name. And this woman was interviewing the two prime ministers, the former prime ministers. And they inter- he, uh, she interviewed the first prime minister. And after that, she interviewed him uh, or they were go- running for prime, uh, the prime minister of England. Uh, the woman basically said, they asked the woman, so what did you think of so-and-so? And they said, I have, after having a conversation with this person, I am absolutely certain that he is the most wisest, smartest, and most intelligent, most prepared human being on the planet that's able to serve as a prime minister. And then then she had a conversation with Benjamin Disraeli. And they asked her, what did you think of Benjamin Disraeli? And you know what she said? She says, I am convinced that I am the most intelligent, wisest, most profound, most well-prepared person on the planet. Who do you think she would vote for? Should she have voted for somebody? Probably the second person, because guess what? That person made her feel important, appreciated, respected. That person took the time to understand and appreciate her world. And because of that, like Mayu Angelou said, people will not remember what you do or what you say, but by goodness, they will remember you by how you made them feel. So remember that this is an important step and as we enter into the ninth step and then we're going to wrap this up on the on Friday with a recap of it all. If you have any questions or comments, like it, share it, subscribe on all the platforms, whatever platform you use, just subscribe, share it. If you feel like someone can make use of this, if they're going through divorce or a breakup or trouble with their mother or father, this could be a great podcast that you could share with that person. I really highly recommend it to you. And I encourage you to really maybe listen to this again and again, because man, this, this is a principle I, I'm continuing to learn and continue to sharpen and continuing to master in my life alone.